This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, good afternoon, everyone, on this uh, sunny, warm day. Get used to it. <laughs> Things are about to change dramatically we're going to have an awful lot of rain coming up in the next couple of days so uh, be prepared for that well uh, the rain will reflect I don't know Claudette the tears (laughs) that where I laugh Uh, We all got smiles on our faces, but it's a bit of a sad day here at VOCM. A voice very familiar to many is pulling up stakes and moving with her family to central Newfoundland. It's not you, Claudette. No, no. But uh, it is someone we love dearly. Yes, and you are no doubt uh, used to hearing the very smooth delivery of Jolene Grimes on VOCM News. And she joins me now. Jolene, I know you've been holding back tears all day. (laughs) I have. When he asked me to come on, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through. I'm just, it's a very emotional day. Yeah, for sure. But you're leaving, you know, on great terms and you're not gone far. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Central, where we, you know, have a lot of help and a lot of family. And just like everyone else, the pinch of the cost of everything. I'm feeling it and we're feeling it as a family. So... Got to make the best choice for the family. For sure, but you're uh, you're going to be keeping busy and the like. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your time here and that sort of thing. You've been in the newsroom, but that's not the only place you've been, of course. You've been an announcer and, and other things on VOCM for the last little while and some of our sister stations, including K-Rock, mm-hmm. for some time now. But uh, what would you consider to be, um, you know, some of the highlights of your radio career? Oh, my goodness. You're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. Um, it's kind of hard to have something really stand out. Actually, maybe one of the highlights may not have been a highlight for some, but uh, Snowmageddon, when we all got trapped together. That was... I was about to say the same thing. I mean, even though I had to wash my underwear in the sink, it was still a highlight. <laughs> All right, TMI. Uh, But uh, honestly, though, I mean, when I think back, uh, you know, and my career is a little bit longer than yours. um, But, you know, when I think back on that time, it it was difficult for some people, no doubt. But man, in this business, that's what we're geared for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It was we were living for it. We were on 24 hours. It was nonstop. The adrenaline was going. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell people that you forgot to bring your toothbrush. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was expecting, I thought, oh, I'll have time to get home. No, no. No. I did not. No, you did not. No, I remember that well. You're like, what? I, but I just, no. I should have learned. I should have known. Everyone else had a bag with them. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, I got the clothes on my back and that is about it. Uh, toughest assignment? Anything that really struck you during your time? Ooh. I'm not sure if anything really stood up for the toughest. There's been a lot of tough days, I'd say. Um, Just the usual cut and thrust, yeah. I guess, of a busy newsroom, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I can't, nothing really sticks out. I also have ADHD, so my memory is garbage, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be the last we're seeing of you. That's why we're all, we all have smiles on our faces, because you're only over in Grand Falls, sure. That's right, and I'm sure I'll be giving you all the news tips, sending emails and stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm professionally nosy. I don't think that just goes away. Well, watch out, people in Grand Falls. With <laughs> no, I, I nah. joke, I tease. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll be seeing you again, and uh, I wouldn't surprise me not one iota 
because I know this business and I know how we're all cut, mm-hmm. that uh, we may hear you on the radio yet again one I, of these days. I have left radio like three times and came back, so never say never. <laughs> what is it? Uh, just when I think I'm George Costanza, just when I think I'm free, they pull me yep. back in. That sums up radio, definitely. <laughs> well, Jolene, all the best to you. It's been a real pleasure working with you over these years, and Snowmageddon will all, we'll always have Snowmageddon. <laughs> I'm going to miss everyone and just want to say thanks for everyone for listening and all the support. And like, this has been my only job since I've lived in Newfoundland. So I've been here seven years now. So it's, it's hard to say goodbye, but it's not necessarily a definite goodbye. And anything special you want to say? Keep it clean. <laughs> uh, you're putting me on the spot again here, Lynn. <laughs> I'd have to think about that one. Just want I guess to say just thank the support you. to uh, to our listeners as well. Oh, you know? absolutely! Like it's uh, the people just generally in this province. I've lived in five provinces, and this has been the best. This feels the most like home, even though people say you're never going to be from here. But I feel like I am. Just the people are amazing, and just thank you. No, you're one of us, my my dear. You are, <laughs> um, Jolena. Thanks so much, and all the best to you now. And thanks for everything you've done over the last seven or eight years. Now you're gonna get me to cry. Ah, <laughs> I'm gonna when we take our little break. Now I'm coming out to give you a little cuddle. Sounds good. All right. Uh, well, coming up, it uh, may not be a hurricane, but many parts of the province are bracing for a wet couple of days ahead. We'll speak with Portobas Mayor Brian Button coming up right after this. This is News Talk on VOCM. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. And Claudette, I just saw the parade of people going down the hallway heading towards her booth. <laughs> oh my goodness, just look at that. Yeah. Am I going to get a chance to get over there and get a squeeze to I, uh, I beat the crowd. <laughs> you did, I watched you. Um, yeah, we're going to miss uh, Jolene, but uh, I expect uh, it won't be long before we hear from her again. Yeah, it's so. in her blood. Yeah, for sure. And uh, sure, Costco's in here. <laughs> She's going to have to come out at some point. She's got to come out sometime. <laughs> that is such a good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, I joke, but, you know, honestly, though. Right. We're, you know, where, where would you be without gonna, Costco? Yeah. Um, well, um, we know right now it's sunny out there, and the temperatures have been quite warm, haven't they? That's yeah, it's still balmy. reminding me of summer. Still yeah. a little, but cool in the evenings, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a hint of what's to come. Yeah, I got a really good sleep last night. I find it's got to be a certain temperature it for does. me to finally drift off. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I'm sort of kicking off the covers and pulling them on again, and kicking them <laughs> off again, and pulling them up. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little something about Jolene Grimes now. She tells me that her foot is a regulator, her temperature regulator. She's like, she's got to stick the foot out. Oh, yeah. And one of those, Pull it back too. in and then stick it out again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to kill me for saying that. Yep. But that's okay. She's going to be too far away. She won't be able to touch me. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, the, the weather is, uh, of course, going to be a little bit variable over the next coming uh, while because we are in hurricane season. And uh, while Hurricane Franklin may be giving the province a bit of a pass, expect plenty of rain in the coming days. Port of Basque is among the many communities bracing for significant rain. Uh, in the days ahead, Mayor Brian Button joins me now. Well, Brian Button, what's it like in Port of Basque today? In Port of Basque today, it is actually sunny today right now. But you're bracing for the possibility of a bit of rain this week, is that correct? 
Yeah, it looks like uh, you know, uh, looks like we may pass out on some of the uh, with Franklin going through, but we're going to get the rain event, I suppose. Uh, you know, we're just we're just getting over the, this past weekend of some intense rain that we had this past week, and again, it seems like every time we have rain now, it's never the five, ten millimeter stuff. It's always a seventy to a hundred, and uh, you know, we've got more of it coming in the next couple of days. So how does the town prepare for that? Because I know you've had some issues with, with um, you know, um, what would you call it, flash flooding, I suppose, in the past. So how do you mitigate that? Well, you know, we're, we are experiencing, you know, uh, uh, quite a bit of that. You know, our systems are, are, are not handling at all. Uh, unfortunately, the, the biggest thing that we see is, you know, we get some residential flooding and stuff. Uh, you know, we have our uh, lift stations and our storm systems and those type things, and we, we get those checked out. We have our workers do the due diligence, where, you know, in preparing for a storm. But, uh, you know, when we get the, like you just said, flash flooding, and we get the rain so intense in such a short period of time, uh, you know, the systems just can't handle everything that's being thrown at it. So, uh, you know, what do you do? Do you ask people to keep an eye on things? Do you ask people to leave certain areas if it starts to become problematic? The biggest thing we tell people now, and and I think it's a lot easier probably since Fiona, is that, you know, we we need to be prepared. Uh, We had to prepare ourselves. Besides us going out and checking and making sure our systems, you know, we've got to get people in their homes and make sure their drains and their runoffs and their, you know, the eave trough drains and so on and so forth. All those type things are are clear and, uh, you know, there's nothing there that would block those. Uh, if you have sub pumps and those things and making sure that those things are all working and so on and so forth, you know, it's it's just trying to pre- be prepared all the way around. Uh, we'll do a preparation and uh, we get residents to, you know, to be prepared as well because, I mean, it is the amount of rain that comes down in a short period of time uh, here lately. It's It's just been... It's unbelievable. We talk about it quite a bit, you know, uh, with every storm that we come. It it seems like the one time we would, every couple of months or maybe every six months or so, you hear about one of these storms and you get your crews out, you get ready. It seems like now we're weekly uh, that we're looking at, uh, you know, rain events that are coming and, and they're causing problems for us. So all this happening, of course, while you're still in the process of rebuilding and cleaning up from Fiona, how's that process going? Well, you know, we said in the beginning when Fiona happened, you know, all of us, you know, there's there, there's no uh, there's no textbook, and we said, you know, this stuff is going to take quite a bit of time. And, uh, you know, most of the residential stuff in our community has been dealt with. I know in the neighboring communities, there's still ongoing things that are ongoing with residents and so on and so forth. But, you know, we're dealing with the infrastructure damages. Uh, You know, we have consultants, engineers. We have contracts that are being looked at. We still have lots of uh, pieces and uh, of work that needs to be done, and it's going to take quite a bit of time. Uh, Fiona, you know, she might have come in for a short period of time, but she left us a, a lot of longevity work uh, that needs to be done. And, uh, you know, besides your other regular maintenance that you have in each one of your communities every summer that you're trying to do or every construction season, and, you know, we're trying to build uh, subdivisions, we're trying to fix infrastructure that was damaged, we have 
you know, more areas where we're going to have to, you know, we're with the province and with us, you know, you're going to be looking at, you know, ways to protect those areas and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of work to be done. So to suggest uh, anyone to suggest that, well, we must be all done. It's, it's far from there. Unfortunately, we have a lot left to do. So you mentioned the subdivisions, and I know that was one of the major main con- uh, conversations that was being had after you know people uh, got the the assistance to uh, help them out with their immediate needs. So how is that process going? Uh, you know, we've we've pushed the roads through there. Uh, we still have got uh, a fair bit of work there to do when it comes to, you know, putting in the the infrastructure that's needed in there for to service these areas, and uh, that's ongoing as well. That's being done. The layout of how the subdivision will be done. Uh, we have some sites that we still have available from the existing subdivisions that are still available, and that we'll be able to do some things there. So uh, anyone that that maybe still be coming out of their homes and stuff will have that readily available to them but as we go it's it's like everything it's uh you know there's it's done in sections the first thing that we had to do is push a road through to do the grubbing and those type things of getting those areas ready uh then you know you have your consultants in that are are looking at how all your infrastructure is going to be laid out what the plot of the uh land pieces will be and so on and so forth so it's you know, it's a it's a big undertaking, and uh, it doesn't get done overnight. And uh, so, unfortunately, I like I wish I had a magic wand that I could make it all happen so quickly, but it doesn't happen that way. I know at times it can be frustrating for people that might be involved. It's equally as frustrating for me. It's probably equally as frustrating for anyone that's on the other sides of it that are trying to do the work, but. I guess what we got to do is just try to continue to forge ahead and hopefully we'll get to the end and uh, see some light at the end of the tunnel somewhere. So what's the fallout from that? Because um, I'm thinking if somebody lost their home or their home was written off uh, and they're waiting for a, you know, a permanent place to stay, are they sticking around? Are they leaving the province? Are they leaving the community? What's What's the ultimate fallout from all of this? Right now, we're you know we're we're doing okay that way. We're uh, we're still uh, we're still um, you know there's there's plenty of land lots that are left uh, for for people that have uh, need them. We have a few there. It's it's going to be as we move forward to the next uh, uh, section of all of this. Uh, is when we're probably going to be we're probably going to be a little bit uh, you know a little bit behind there if we don't get this all done Uh, but that's uh, you know that's the future work that we're going to be running into people frustrated or do they understand that you know these things do take time uh, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, when it comes to the residential piece, I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're okay. We've been okay there. They, you know, people that are going to be probably coming up in the next phase, they know that, you know, the subdivisions being developed and, uh, hopefully when we move into that time, it'll be ready to go for them and they'll be able to, you know, get in on the land lots and figure out what they're going to do. I think probably one of the most frustrating things for residents is just, just trying to, you know, uh, to get more of the infrastructure work done in the areas where people will remain and people are staying, it's it's getting that done and to ensure that, you know, all the protections and different things are put in place and so on and so forth. You know, these things are taking some time. It's, uh, you know, it's trying to get one step done at a time. 
the main focus was to take care of the residential piece the best uh, way we can in the first round of when people lost their homes. Um, you know, we've been taking steps of that. We've just uh, now acquiring a couple of commercial buildings that we have here, and we're looking at changing that into residential uh, apartment complexes and to be able to have those available in the future as well. So, you know, we're making steps in order to alleviate some of the uh, what we were left in the aftermath of uh, Fiona. Brian Button, I know it's a continuous job just keeping up with all of this. I really do appreciate you carving out some time with us today. Thank you so much. And thank you, Linda. Always good to talk to you. So the work continues in Portabasque. Uh, uh, all of the cleanup and the rebuilding and the new building um, in the wake of Fiona last year. We're approaching almost a year now, Claudette. It's hard to imagine. I can't imagine. I think what was that over 100 houses and and structures that were just irreparably damaged yeah yeah and um you know when we uh, we've seen our fair share of hurricanes here god knows or post-tropical storms or whatever you want to call them you know big storms uh but we tend to think of them in terms of rain or wind we don't often think of the storm surge although it does happen and we've seen storm surge damage but not like that um, I also read, too, online that the town of St. Vincent, St. Stephen's, uh, Peters River, they're going around and taking away these signs, I think, that's near the shoreline, which is a great step. You know, just little things like that, trying to make a big difference, because you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. No, especially on the south coast, that takes mm-hmm. the brunt of all of that kind of thing as the these storms move up from the south. Um, but uh, what I found interesting, what he mentioned there, is that, you know, they're used to a lot of... Uh, heavy rain in that part mm-hmm. of the province of course where in Newfoundland on the island anyway are you not used to heavy rain uh, but um, he says you know we were used to heavy rain every few weeks or once a month or whatever the case may be and now he says we seem to be getting it every few days they've had a really wet summer in Portabasque and of course a lot of the land and you know all of that stuff suffered great you know amount the erosion, of erosion yeah. um, because of uh, the storm so you know that adds to all of that so I mean it's all things you know it's not going to be like it once was in Portabasque for sure or any of that area of the south coast yeah just imagine the people who live by the sea and just want you know we all take that for granted to be able to look out your window and see the oceans just completely different feeling now I can only imagine what it would be like living there and knowing that that's not really a reality anymore, at least in terms of saving your property sometimes, exactly. you know? Exactly, and having done so for generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something you take for granted. And, yeah. and to, to think that you wouldn't, you know, it's not in a best interest to just have your house so close to the water anymore. It's it's sad, you know, that, that times are changing. Climatologists say, of course, it has to do with humans <laughs> causing the uh, global warming. Or accelerating instance. it, for yes. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Um, Anyway, our lives are changing dramatically, aren't they? Um, uh, Coming up, uh, our one community organization, and this has been part of the conversation now um, locally for quite some time now, one community organization outlines some of the difficulties and challenges uh, they're facing in helping people uh, who have significant barriers getting housing. This is News Talk on VOCM. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM.
Thanks a lot, Claudette. And uh, thanks a lot, Jolene. I can't believe I'm going to say that for the last time. Um, anyway, let's not go there. Uh, but uh, thanks a lot for everything, uh, Jolene. We'll certainly miss you. Well, uh, Environment Canada has issued a uh, information statement on Hurricane Franklin. And as of right now, Claudette, this is the very latest from Environment Canada on that particular storm. Hurricane Franklin expected to pass well southeast of Newfoundland on Friday um, as a Category 2 or a strong Category 1 hurricane. Uh, hurricane force winds are expected over parts of the southern Grand Banks. So what does that mean for uh, people in Newfoundland and Labrador? There is a possibility that some moisture from the hurricane could feed into an elongated low-pressure system, which will affect Atlantic Canada uh, tomorrow and Thursday. Public forecasts uh, issued by the Atlantic Storm Prediction Centre in the Newfoundland and Labrador Weather Office will provide more details concerning rainfall timing and the amounts. No direct rainfall uh, effects are expected over Newfoundland and Labrador from Franklin. However, and we've been talking about this for the last couple of days, haven't we? Um, some tropical moisture from the hurricane will likely feed into an approaching non-tropical weather system that's coming over the Great Lakes. So you got this perfect storm. I'm sorry. That's the term, I guess. So you got this coming up from the south. Whoosh, and it's going to pass by us, but you got this other thing coming from the left. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and that that storm coming up over the Great Lakes from the left, from the west, uh, is going to suck up all that moisture and dump it on us, <laughs> basically. So we can't blame Franklin too much. No, that be, is the yeah. uh, that that's me speaking technically. If I'm talking <laughs> over your head, uh, just let me know. The resulting amounts could exceed 100 millimeters over parts of Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. We just heard from Brian Button, who's a little bit concerned about all that rain uh, in his area. Not sure exactly how what kind of amounts we're looking at for uh, parts of Newfoundland right now, but it could be in excess of 100 millimeters over the course of this storm system passing by so it might not be in an hour or anything it might be in a, over the course of a couple of days that remains to be seen um now, given the uh, Hurricane Fiona situation from last year, a lot of people asking, and you were mentioning it yourself, that uh, people on the south coast in particular are preparing for this, large ocean swells will travel uh, northward away from the hurricane. Indications are that swells near two meters will approach the Atlantic coast of Nova Scotia on Wednesday and could break higher. Swells will then spread to the south coast of Newfoundland late Wednesday into Thursday, where they could reach three to five meters. So, be prepared for that. Last year, when Hurricane Fiona was on her way, uh, we started to get a lot of warnings from Environment Canada saying, Stay away. Stay for, away from the coastline. So, there could be some um, uh, issues from that. Three to five meters, possibly, late Wednesday into Thursday on the south coast of Newfoundland. So we'll be keeping you up to date on all of that. That's just the latest statement. There's going to be another statement issued around 9.30 tonight. And of course, everybody's um, radar is up nowadays when it comes to these kinds of things. Um, we're very, um, I guess... Attuned and aware since Fiona. Exactly, yeah. since Fiona. And a lot of people worried as well. Uh, 
Um, so we'll keep you up to date on all of that through the course of the uh, coming days. You be sure to keep your ear here. Uh, Access to safe and affordable housing has been a big topic of discussion in recent years with a special emphasis on housing solutions for those who, for a variety of reasons, have had difficulties getting or maintaining a roof over their heads. Lisa Slaney is the executive director of the uh, Grace Sparks House in Marystown and on VOCM Open Line this morning she outlined some of what her organization has been seeing in recent years. Here's some of what she had to say. I took the opportunity last night to uh, watch the NTV news and, and uh, listen to um, a couple of members of the uh, opposition parties talking about uh, the ho- housing crisis in the province. Mm-hmm. Um, as you, you're well aware, Grace Park's house is a shelter uh, for uh, women and children who are experiencing abuse in um, in the Bjorn Peninsula region. Uh, but we also offer uh, supportive um affordable housing which you know money we receive through the hps initiative which is the homelessness partnering strategy initiative um back in 2013 2014 and since then of course we've you know we have six units and they have been you know we've been at 100 percent occupancy uh since we opened and we could probably have 10 more buildings and still be um you know in, in you know in, in desperate need for more housing um, along with that we're also the proponent for the housing support worker uh, for our region so for those that may not know what the housing support workers are um, they are funded through SLP the supportive living program through Newfoundland Labrador housing and their main role is to help those uh, who have difficulty finding housing so um, I look at it from two different perspectives, of course, from you know a victim's violence uh, lens, but I also look at it from those who are uh, you know struggling to find housing, those who um, you know have various obstacles in finding housing, and you know one of the comments made uh, by uh, one of the opposition leaders last night was you know that it was it was important i suppose uh, you know that we look at community based housing and that's and that's fine and that's you know that's well understood because you know we're able to do a little bit more and and uh, i guess be a little bit more lenient in terms of things that happen and things that go on than you know people generally are in the you know the private sector or for profit but in order to to look at community organizations, especially in rural Newfoundland. Uh, we don't have the supports to help us do that housing. As much as we want to do that, we don't have the supports. So we have myself, like in our organization, we have myself and our housing support worker, uh, who is Joan Brown, and she's well known not only in this region, but I'm sure within the province. She's uh, been with us now for about 13 years since uh, many organizations across the province advocated for supportive, um, for housing support workers to help those, uh, you know, that uh, were uh, hard hard to house. And a lot of that comes from whether it would be past experiences uh, with not paying rent, whether it would be with addictions, whether it would be with damages, whether it would be with not paying rent. There's various reasons why people are hard to house. And, you know, for us, uh, we're two people. 
and we're trying to struggle through the systems and the systems are not working you know the current setup right now when i look at when i started this 23 years ago and i've been you know in in the community sector for over 32 years but in this particular area for 23 years it's it's gotten worse and i think that it's time that you know it's not just the government that's in now it's not past governments and not looking to lay blame uh, on any particular uh, party but i think it's time that they start listening to people in uh, in the community who are dealing with it and uh, and and those who are trying to find housings and, and and what those obstacles are because it just seems to fall on deaf ears day after day and you know we we like currently right now we have a person in one of our units who hasn't paid us rent since december but but we're not making her homeless but but where do we find the money to pay eight thousand dollars a month in rent where do we pay the money to pay water and sewer taxes to a municipality where do we pay the money to pay taxes property taxes to a municipality when you know when you're struggling with trying to keep people housed not only with regards to their mental wellness or an addiction or abuse or 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 a reputation or just coming out of jail whatever it might be we don't have the resources to do community-based housing, not-for-profit housing, unless people start listening to what the issues are. And personally, what I see uh, as, as, you know, as a start in the right direction is that we don't need to be offloading everything on Newfoundland Labrador housing. I think there needs to be a direct department within government that deals with housing solely, not not rentals, not anything like that, just the issues that are, are arising with regards to what the challenges are. The we have private landlords that we have to sign contracts with to have people housed, and then we're on we're on the, on the hook then for whatever damages there may be. I mean, there's people with addictions who who tear out gyprock in walls to get copper piping to to purchase, you know, uh, drugs. There's 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 now you know from what we're hearing there's there's a, a black market with food banks for people who are going to the food bank getting you know um, getting food and then selling it to purchase drugs there's there's so many different there's there's such a, 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 a you know a web of it, it's not just about the addiction it's not just about the mental health it's not just about saying you know you need to have a roof over your head for all these things to work we need a direct department that's going to meet people where they are and listen to these housing support workers across the province and listen to the people who are challenged with housing and make and 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 then form solutions we don't need committees we don't need research we don't need any of that stuff it already exists our housing support workers send in reports on a quarterly basis to newfoundland labrador housing and in the past 13 years out of those reports the only thing that has changed to the best of my knowledge is that now newfoundland labrador housing uh can request like an option c for like for you know for people to go into uh newfoundland labrador housing unit mm-hmm. 
in. We need to meet people where they are, not where we think they need to be. And, and you know, the private sector now, the for-profit, um, the experiences that they've, you know, had over the past, you know, five, ten years, that's why they're not renting to people who, who require supports. And we don't have the resources to give those supports. And, you know, when we go back to talking about the levels of government that are responsible, everybody plays a part. Like our, our Municipalities Act right now, that legislation needs to change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't support us. It doesn't support community-based housing. You know, and, and like we, you know, just from my perspective alone, and I'm sure that if there's other, you know, community organizations that provide housing, like we don't have money for repairs. We don't have money to, to paint apartments if they need to be done. We don't have money to replace alarm systems. We don't have money to to have lawns mowed. We don't have money for snow clearing. Like we have to uh, ensure that, you know, we're keeping people housed and they're getting the supports they need. So sometimes we can go months without receiving rent uh, because we're not in the business to make people house, uh, homeless but at the same time how how can we keep operating when there's so much red tape with within the different levels of government but also uh, you know with 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 local landlords again and again you know whether it's we need more rental subsidies to get them out into private ones like we have to sign contracts with private uh, landlords to say if something happens we'll be responsible for the damages and yep. then we've got to go out and try and fundraise to get that money you know to keep that person housed and uh, that was Lisa Slaney on VOCM Open Line with Patty Daly uh, this morning. She's the executor, uh, executive director of Grace Sparks House in Marystown. And she's laying it all out there because there's been a lot of talk about community housing. But she says, how can the community house, like groups like her own, uh, house people who are especially vulnerable, um, who are hard to house in the you know private market? Um, how can she do that when... They're not getting the supports that they need to do. She says they don't even have money to paint a unit, let alone make a significant repairs or whatever the case may be. And the pressure, as she said, on fundraising herself, like she has to come up with the funds herself. Yeah. How that's, hard is uh, that? So I felt it was a... a, a, a a powerful enough call to re-air it today because, um, you know, a lot of what she said are things that I think need to be said or need to be heard. Yeah, Um, the right person would hear it, hopefully, that it would make it a little bit easier, but having to fundraise your own money for things that should be, you know, considered a necessity, I don't know. Tough stuff. Uh, Well, when we come back after the break, uh, helping some neighbors in need. This is VOCM News Talk. Join Greg Smith weeknights at 545 as he chats with local musicians about life, inspiration shows, and new music. Tune into Soundcheck, your backstage pass to the local music scene on your VOCM. And we're back. Well, we were talking about uh, the need for housing and the like, but uh, sometimes people... um, reach out in interesting ways and help people in a variety of ways and one of those groups is neighbors in need have you checked out that facebook page no i haven't oh it's just amazing these are i've heard of it though uh, yeah these are um like-minded people who are just happy to lend a hand need a penny have a penny kind of mentality those kinds of things and sometimes they're a little more significant Mm -hmm. than that but um uh, you know basically if there's a need out there they're like 
we can help. You need a, you know, I don't know, a, I, a hammer. I can't come up with things. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, people who are genuinely in need of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, they're, they bring together people and they help out. And they've had little fundraisers and collections along the mm-hmm. way and that sort of thing. Well, uh, Neighbors in Need on Facebook is uh, now working to help out some 200 residents at Pine Hill Apartments who have been without p- power for several days now. Well, how on earth are they going to do that? Well, organizer Courtney Barber, who is... I don't know, a life force, <laughs> uh, speaks with VOCM's Richard Duggan about what they're doing. So a couple of days ago, I had somebody reach out to me and uh, they had mentioned that the power had gone in an apartment building in Gander and that people were expected not to have power and potentially water um, for up to five days. So, um you know, I said to let, make sure to let everybody know if they need help that they can reach out to us. Um, so at the same time, I talked to my team. I let them know that we might expect some um, posts to come in or whatnot. So then, um, sure enough, uh, the next day, we did have some posts coming in, people saying that they were, you know, using candles um, to light things and um, that they couldn't heat anything or they were using a candle to heat up canned food. Um, but that they could really use canned food and stuff like that um, because they had to, like, really deal with all the stuff that they had lost in their fridge um, because they were 48 hours by this point. So uh, we just put a call out for help to the community, anticipating that a lot of people, um, you know, as soon as this problem is resolved, and I actually don't know what the problem is, but once that problem is resolved, a lot of people are going to need to restock um, their fridges and their deep freezes from all that food lost. So um, we just started a $5 challenge where different members of the community um, just usually give 5 or $10, and um, it accumulates, and we're able to help out people in need. So we'll use that to place grocery orders um, right in Dominion, in Gander, and then the people who are in need are able to go pick up some fresh food and some frozen items to replace in their, in their fridge and freezer because, I mean, they can go to the food bank, but they'll get things for their cupboards and um, stuff like that. But replacing that fridge and freezer food is really expensive. What sort of a response have you received so far? Um, so we have a couple hundred dollars that came in. Um, we did have a lot of people who were questioning the um, situation because it wasn't, you know, first of all, news can't be shared anymore on social media, so people aren't seeing a lot of things. Um, and um, I guess it wasn't listed in a Newfoundland Power um, as an outage because it's a personal, um, you know, landlord-tenant issue kind of thing. So a lot of people didn't know about it um, but now that that's been validated and stuff like that um, and we know that the power's back on uh, we should be able to help quite a few families how big of an effort is this to try to coordinate because you have so many families that are you know looking for help and people wanting to donate how big of an effort is it to coordinate all of this 
So I'm not sure if you know, but I live in Alberta, and honestly, um, people don't expect this response, but it's so easy. We spend so much time on our phone. We spend so much time scrolling and watching videos and doing whatever. I spend my time connecting people who are in need to people who can help or placing those orders online, which just takes minutes, um, and just keeping everything organized. It's really easy, um, and it's has made such a big impact so is that amazing claudette uh courtney barber in alberta and this facebook group that she has of people who are willing to help uh helping out the residents at pine hill apartments in gander 200 residents without power for several days i love the idea of a five dollar challenge because that's something reasonable that many people can do you know it's not out of a lot of people's range so i like that idea a lot yeah and it, it you know it, because let's be honest it's coming at us the need is coming at us from every Everywhere. direction where do you pick and yeah. now uh, certain charitable organizations and i totally understand why i get it but sometimes they're saying they're telling you how much to donate you know yeah i've noticed that and yeah. i you know i i understand i mm-hmm. far be it for me to judge but sometimes people will look at that and say you know what i was willing to give you x amount this amount i don't know if i'm willing to give you that amount mm-hmm. and then you know do they lose uh, charitable organi- uh, charitable um, donations because at that time? of that yeah, yeah it, it's hard to, to tell that yeah it is indeed but anyway good on them good on them and I'm sure the people at uh, Pine Hill Apartments in uh, Gander are blown away by uh, the, the, the help kindness. that res- res- they're receiving for this you know very unfortunate situation without power for several days but think about it you know you're without powerful for a few days it may not seem so bad in the summer months but you know what you're gonna lose your food <laughs> you, you know you're gonna it you know sitting around in the dark all night not depending on your technology to yeah. keep you <laughs> you know uh anyway good on them is all i got to say uh we'll be back tomorrow thanks for joining us everyone uh, do um join us then bye-bye for now